I'm smiling today because for the first time this season, the Miami Hurricanes actually played a complete performance and they sustained it for four quarters. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Miami Hurricanes win a game. They win. And they didn't have to go to four overtimes to do it. They beat the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets in Atlanta 35-14. to I am your host, Alex Dono. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube Uh, And I know it was Georgia Tech, right? I wish they could have done that against Florida State. They obviously didn't. But, um, you know, saw a lot of team unity, saw some big-time individual performances, saw a true freshman quarterback perform well and perform with a lot of poise. I've got a lot to be happy about right now. Um, Big picture takeaway before we get to some of the excellent individual performances. Something that... I kept feeling throughout the game, like anytime someone like Cam Kinchins or Jalen Knighton or Jakari Brown would step up and make a big play, you know, throughout the season, we have been rightfully frustrated by Miami's schemes on both sides of the football, especially offense, right? Always vanilla and sometimes downright insufficient, okay? The coordinators, especially on the offensive side of the football, have probably not done enough this year to scheme problems away, okay? But at the same time, and this is what I was reminded of watching that Georgia Tech game, okay? At the same time throughout the year, you want to call out the schemes and the game planning, fine. But at the same time, Miami's talent had not been doing enough to rise above the schemes and just make plays, okay? Because not every great team out there reinvents the wheel with their schematics, right? Most of the time, it's the talent that makes the schemes look good or look even better than they are, okay? And that's exactly what happened against Georgia Tech, okay? The same way that at times you guys have thought, I'm not hard enough on coaching, I'm also not going to give coaching that much credit for what I saw against Georgia Tech because a lot of that was the talent stepping up and that's a big ingredient that's been missing from this team throughout the year right on offense Jalen Knighton and Jakari Brown made that decimated offensive line really look better than they really were because something when I was watching the game I was like oh, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the offensive line today and and you still can be right like Impressed with the offensive line, with how injured they've been. They only gave up one sack in the game, and Miami put up a ton of rushing yards. But then if you actually go through and look, for what it's worth, at the pro football focus grades, nobody on the offensive line was very good, but you had people like Jalen Knighton and Jakari Brown in the running game taking more than what was given to them. When you talk about creating extra yards, yards after contact, they were taking more than the blocking was giving to them. And that's the sort of thing. And it hasn't mattered whether Miami's playing against a good team or a bad team. They've not been making enough big plays and getting extra yards. And that's exactly what they were able to do. Okay, so before we talk about some of the individuals on the offense, when we're talking players, when we're talking people stepping up and making plays, it's only right to start with Cam Kinchins. On the defense, he was real and he was spectacular. 
Cam Kinchins was the ultimate eraser. Three interceptions on the day, including a pick six, because why not? Right? With the type of day that Kinchins was having, why not put the punctuation with the exclamation point on it, scoring the game ceiling pick six in that one? 99 yards he had to run to score that touchdown, by the way. We haven't seen a game like that from a Miami safety since. You know, I was looking through you know the history books and uh, and the, the the stat books for Miami, all that. The last time we had a game like that from a Miami safety, it was Kenny Phillips back in 2006. So it's been 16 years. Kenny Phillips had a three-interception game against Duke that year in 06. And yeah, when Cam Kinchins ran 99 yards down the field for that touchdown, not comparing the two players, one is a pro football Hall of Famer. The other might be. I don't know. Uh, you know the odds are obviously against that. But when I was watching Kinchins run 99 yards for that touchdown, it did remind me a little bit of Ed Reed back in the day because I go way back watching Miami football. So I was happy about that. As far as how Kinchins graded out, a near perfect 94.9 on pro football focus. Yes, that was the highest graded cane on either side of the football. Man, this guy is a player. He is a player. He will continue to be a player. And what I love is, and we saw some of these on both sides of the ball, folks, when you have someone have a game like that, this locker room, they needed some happiness. They needed some excitement. They needed something to be just proud of, and especially coming off of Florida State. Because another big picture thought here is, how many times over the years, even this year, have we seen it that you lose a tough game and you allow that to linger. You lose a tough game, and that becomes two straight losses, three straight losses. Over many years, I remember, you know, when Miami had that very unfortunate seven-game losing streak against Florida State. Um, usually when Florida State would beat Miami in October, usually when that game would be played, that would turn into a two, three-game losing streak. And Florida State took us to the woodshed last week. I love the way that Miami was able to bounce back, right? And I know, listen, it's Georgia Tech. They're not world beaters, but they've won some big games this year. They, they beat Duke, who Miami got slaughtered by. Uh, they've beaten Pittsburgh this year. Uh, so, you know, the, the Georgia Tech is not nearly as much of a pushover, especially since they fired Jeff Collins earlier in the year. They've been a lot better since they made their coaching change. Brent Key has done better as the interim coach. So, listen, I, I'm not putting asterisks on anything. I know it was Georgia Tech, but I'm not putting an asterisk on it for that reason. Cam Kinchins was spectacular. Uh, I was also impressed with Tyreek Stevenson. He graded out very well in 81.1. He had an interception of his own. Mitch Agude had a big sack. He had two TFL in the game. I feel like, you know, Don Bailey and Joe Zagaki kept calling Agude's name. Wesley Besaint. He is an absolute freaking stud. Okay. When I talk about how excited I am for the future at Miami, he is a huge part of it. Yes, on this show, we talk a lot of recruiting. We talk a lot about the class of 2023 and who's coming in and who's going to make this defense and this offense better. But when it comes to young linebackers, and Miami's got some good ones coming in in 2023, Wes Besaint is a huge part of that. We have a great one here already. There are other very good to great ones coming in. Besaint is great, and he will be great, and he's already here. Wes had six tackles, and when this guy hits you, you feel it. He graded out top five among Miami's defensive players, a 73.3, according to Pro Football Focus. And 
All right, we're going to talk about the offense when we come back. You know, I'm losing my voice a little bit. <laughs> I wasn't even at the game. Like, if, if I was at the game in Atlanta, you could understand, oh, yeah, Dono's losing his voice because he's yelling over those Georgia Tech games. I was just yelling at the uh, at the TV at the WQAM studios, and I'm losing my voice now. So we're going to talk about the big debut for Jakari Brown. Uh, excellent performance by the true freshman quarterback. First true freshman to start a game at Miami at the quarterback position in eight years. We will talk about what he did. We will talk about the running game right after we talk about upside. Folks, I've been using the upside app since 2020. I use it every time I get gas. I use it when I eat out at restaurants. I use it when I shop for groceries. I'm getting cash back, money, no strings attached. It's so easy. Inflation has everybody thinking about different ways to cut back. Maybe you've been driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store. There's nothing fun about less, but that's why I started using Upside. It's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I'm getting cash back on every purchase. To get started, you download the free Upside app. Guys, It's they, they, they make their money through advertising for these businesses, so you don't pay a dime for this, guys. Free app, Upside. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you just claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You check in at that business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they've got a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use my promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Thank you guys so much for being locked in here on Locked on Canes. So let's talk about Jakari Brown. Um, And let me know, guys, how confident are you feeling? that Jakari Brown is going to be the future long-term solution, future QB1. I mean, he's QB1 today, but will he be QB1 next year? Are you starting to feel confident about that? Leave us a tweet at LockedOnCanes, and if you follow us at LockedOnCanes, we will follow you back. So let's talk about today or yesterday before we talk about the future, okay? Let's talk about Saturday. Um, We got word several hours before game time, Pete Thamel was the first to report it that Tyler Van Dyke out shoulder injury. He wasn't going to play, which we suspected all week at no point during the week. Did I expect Tyler Van Dyke to play on Saturday? So then you were down between Jakari Brown and Jake Garcia, Garcia being the more experienced guy. I am so glad that Mario Cristobal decided to start Brown over Garcia because I, I had my doubts that he would. I thought they might say maybe the more experienced guy starting, you know, with Jakari, he would have played either way. Maybe the more experienced guy starting maybe gives us the better chance to win. I didn't feel that way. And ultimately, Mario didn't feel that way. And I'm glad. Jakari Brown, as we've known for weeks, is such a dangerous runner. This man fights for every yard he picks up. And guys, I talked about Cam Kinchin's performance, rallying the troops, getting everyone excited and buzzing and being contagious. What Jakari Brown does running the football, it is contagious. He sets an example for that entire offense. His competitiveness is a contagion. 77 
of Jakari Brown's 87 rushing yards came after contact, right? When I talk about getting more than the offensive line is giving to you, both Jalen Knighton and Jakari Brown did that. 77 out of 87 yards after contact. And this guy gets 87 rushing yards. Again, despite uh, – and my, look, Miami's O-line, they played as a unit. And I give them credit because there are so many regular guys and starters out, and it was a thin group to begin with. They played well as a unit. Nobody really stood out individually. So he gets that despite Miami's O-line being decimated. And Jakari Brown, uh, we're starting to actually see him throwing the football. There was some good and obviously some bad there, okay? It's, you know, unfortunately, the young man is not lighting it up through the passing game yet, but he's showing so much improvement there, guys. Because if you go back to spring ball and the early days of fall camp, just the way his his ability to throw and read defenses and, and get into rhythm, it's improved so much in the passing game between several months ago to now. It's improved so much, his ability to make decisions and make reads. Three touchdown passes in the game zero interceptions and listen it was about him going out there and executing right so I, I give the player more credit than I give the coaching in this sense however I will say I give Josh Gaddis some credit for calling the right game for Jakari he only actually took two deep shots and by deep I mean over 20 yards he only took two attempts of more than 20 yards downfield and he overthrew both of them right that's what he's got to work on but 14 for 19 for Jakari 136 yards, made some good throws, some intuitive throws. Really, the only problematic throws Jakari Brown had was throwing the football too hard, right? He had uh, – uh, it, it was a screen. I think it was attempted to Colby Young where he just put way too much mustard on it. And it was like – you know, it was a little inaccurate, but had it been a little bit softer, it would have still been catchable. But he, it was a cannon. Like, you know, sometimes he just doesn't know how to dial it down. Like – you know, uh, yeah, I heard him. He was being interviewed by Don Bailey Jr. yesterday after the game. And DBJ asked him, like, flat-footed, how far downfield can you throw it? Just flat-footed. He's like, 69, 70 yards, he said. just And I don't doubt it. Like, I, I don't I don't feel like Jakari was lying about that. The guy has a cannon. Like, he's got to know how to harness that strength a little bit, okay? Um, you know, so he overthrew both of the deep attempts that he had. Uh, but as far as like, and, and very conservative, because almost everything was thrown between 10 to 20 yards. He actually had several that were thrown like right at the line of scrimmage. Um, I give Josh Gaddis credit for calling the right game plan, I think, for a true freshman starting his first game. And it was also the right game plan against Georgia Tech, right? Because that was good enough to beat the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, right? Because uh, you know, he's going to need to attack down. I'm assuming Jakari Brown's going to start against Clemson. That's a safe assumption. He's going to need to attack down the field more against Clemson because if nothing else, it's going to be a lot harder to run the football against Clemson. But against Georgia Tech, I thought the game plan was adequate and it was executed almost flawlessly by Jakari because I had a few comments from people, you know, because Canes fans, God bless you, but some of you, not all of you, some of you just like to complain no matter what the situation is, right? You're, you're getting a comfortable victory. Some of you still find things to complain about. I had people telling me, well, you can't beat Clemson that way. You can't beat Clemson with that kind of a game plan. And I'm just like, but you weren't playing Clemson today. <laughs> Let's cross that bridge when we get to it, right? Because if, if Josh Gaddis came out against Georgia Tech with a Clemson game plan 
uh, and his quarterback maybe starts throwing interceptions unnecessarily because of that when you can run all over these guys, wouldn't you be criticizing the coordinator for that? Let's take it one game at a time, right? Don't criticize the Georgia Tech game plan because you don't think it would work against Clemson. Let's cross that bridge when we get to it, man. Uh, yeah, so Jakari Cannon for an arm. And right now, you know, with the confidence he's playing with, with the emerging dual threat ability that he's got, and I'm starting to call him a dual threat guy because a couple of weeks ago I would have just said he's not a dual threat because I don't know if he can throw. But now that we see he's getting more confident throwing the football and he's already an excellent runner, yeah, Jakari Brown is emerging as an excellent dual threat quarterback. The only thing that might be holding him back right now at this moment is creating more touch on his throws. They don't all have to be the 100-mile-an-hour fastballs, all right? And yeah, Jakari Brown, he became the first true freshman to start at quarterback for Miami since Brad Kaya did it way back in 2014. And then you add a couple of other storylines beyond that. Jakari is a Georgia kid, so he did it in his home state, and he had family. I believe it was his mom and others who were at the stadium watching him because I saw this great. I'm not sure if they captured it on the television. Maybe they did, but I watched a video clip of it on social media. Jakari Brown, like, finding his uh, his family in the stands. They were, you know, they were near the front row, I think, in one of the corners, and he, he like, jumps up there to greet his family, and it was just a really cool moment, like a really, really cool moment because that – that's a huge milestone in this man's life, right? And to get a victory and a solid performance in the process, first collegiate start, something he will never forget for the rest of his life. And it definitely creates an, ins uh, an a very interesting wrinkle here for the present and future of quarterback at Miami. Obviously, there's no reason not to ride with Jakari for the rest of the year. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, clearly not healthy. Let him get healthy. Then what happens next season, right? If, if Jakari finishes the year strong, um, Tyler Van Dyke is certainly going to have a decision to make. I doubt he's going to decide to try and go pro. That doesn't seem like, you know, who am I to say? But that doesn't seem like, you know, the best time to do that with the way the season has gone. So does TVD decide to stick around? Does he decide to hit the portal? Same thing for Jake Garcia, who I suspect is going to hit the portal. Now, um, I'm going back a few days, but we got some tough news in recruiting down here that Jaden Rashada, four-star quarterback who was committed to Miami, flipped from Miami to Florida. Tough news. Not gonna. I didn't sugarcoat it on the episode we did about it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it today, but well, maybe I will a little bit because, I mean, I get like seeing a true freshman blossoming the way that Jakari Brown is at quarterback. It's got to make you feel a little bit better about the future, even after losing Jaden Rashada. And Emery Williams is still planning to come in, who's a good quarterback who's going to be in the class of 2023. But, I mean, if if Jakari can keep developing at the way he has been this year um, and looks like he could end up being a starting caliber quarterback at the U for the next couple of years to come, it's got to make you feel a little bit better. It softens the blow of losing Jaden Rashada is all I'm going to say. It softens the blow. Still hate to lose that player, especially to Florida, but it softens the blow a little bit. We're going to give out some more game balls when we come back. Because, heck, we just talked about the quarterback. We still got to talk about the running back that put in an awesome performance. So we have more to get to on this reaction episode of Locked on Canes. Keep it locked right here. 
This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be, and it's a no-brainer, guys. Let me paint the picture for you. Fourth quarter, Saturday night against Georgia Tech. Miami leads 28-7 to in the game, but Georgia Tech is in the red zone at the Miami 12, trying to make this a game and pull within two touchdowns with almost three minutes left on the clock. And then you know who steps up? Cam Kinchin steps up. Cam Kinchin picks off Zach Gibson, getting his third interception of the game, and he finds nothing but green grass in his path. He catches it at the one, and then he takes it 99 yards for the game-sealing touchdown. That gave Miami their 35th point of the game after the extra point. Canes would go on to win 35-14. to 14. Cam Kinchins provides our thrilling moment, and this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Hey, thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, you know who else had a big game yesterday? It was such a welcome sight. Jalen Knighton, the rooster. The rooster had an excellent game. Um, we found out a few hours before the game kicked off that Henry Parrish wasn't going to play. So Knighton gets his number called. It's probably the best performance of any Miami running back all season. And his best performance since facing Georgia Tech last year. That was the last time he had 100 yards in a game. It was last year against Georgia Tech. This year, 16 carries, 118 yards and a touchdown. And what I love most about that was seven Point four yards per carry and he forced seven missed tackles in the game one guy forcing seven missed tackles is a lot for example uh miami's entire defense which it, it was still too much right miami's entire defense had 10 missed tackles which is too much uh cory flag had two of those by the way two missed tackles but miami's entire defense missed 10 tackles one guy, Jalen Knighton, forced seven missed tackles from the opposing D. So that that was really impressive stuff. He's got his confidence back, the rooster. And it didn't even start this week. It started last week. But you remember, like, the toughest stretch of his career so far was kind of like the midway point of the year. He had that stretch where he lost three fumbles in four games, was clearly in the doghouse from the coaches, was benched against Virginia. I love a good redemption story. And I think Rooster is putting one of those together right now. He showed flashes against FSU last week, had the, I think, a 45-yard gain and like a 23-yard gain against Florida State. And then he has a complete game against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Uh, so, again, I still – I don't know what the future is going to hold for Knighton because obviously frustrated throughout the year. I don't know if he's going to hit the portal or stay at the U. I hope he stays at the U. Either way – I want all the best for Rooster, and I want him to know he is loved by the Miami fans, and we know he's capable of putting together games like he put together on Saturday because that was his M.O. last year. He's starting to do it again this year. I want to see him contribute big time for the next two weeks. This is an electric playmaker when he's on his game, okay? So Jalen Knighton, he gets a game ball, no question, right? The first two game balls that I would give out, obviously, Cam Kinchins, Jakari Brown, Jalen Knighton gets one of those. 
I was happy with Brashard Smith as well. Now, I know like nobody in the receiving court because Miami didn't throw the ball a whole lot, right? Very conservative through the air. Uh, but he was Miami's leading receiver with four catches, four catches, 37 yards. Brashard Smith forced three missed tackles in this game. Uh, he also had a carry. This is the way I want Brashard to be used, right? Because we talked about him preseason being the Debo Samuel type, right? I want to see him running the football more. He had a carry for nine yards and a first down in this game. Uh, you know, caught four passes. I want to see more like that from Bouchard, from Brashard Smith so he gets a game ball. And uh, I'm not going to ignore special teams either. Now, our our Groza semifinalist, all he had to do was kick five extra points. No no field goal attempts uh, for Andres Borregalis. All the extra points were good. But this was a good game for Miami's punter, right? Both, but there, there were stretches in this game, right? From uh, like mid-second quarter through the fourth quarter when there was not a whole lot of offense, not a whole lot being done, scoring points for either side, of course. Lou Headley, field position, very much defined this game. The Aussie had five punts for 230 yards in this game. He put Georgia Tech inside their own 20 in three out of those five punts, and he pinned them inside the one one time now it was not his fault they engineered a 99 yard touchdown drive when he pinned them at the one but he did pin them at the one which was awesome uh lou headley was another big part of this w for miami so folks let us know if uh if we missed anything here i want to see uh i want to see some of the comments here that we got because i did throw this out to twitter as well uh auto says on twitter solid win goes without saying Players on both sides of the ball seem confident and all in for the team. Very well said. Um, you know, I had a comment uh, from somebody in my direct messages yesterday who was like, you know, I know this, this is, this is Miami's what their fifth win of the year, but this was like the first time, even after a win where it felt like just a solid performance all the way through. And he's right. Right. Because like the Virginia win four overtimes, it was ugly. It was a win, but it was ugly. The Virginia tech win, 17 penalties that was ugly right i mean you know uh the 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 southern miss win you know the uh the i guess the bethune cookman win was pretty but against that opposition it's like you can't take away a whole lot like this this was like the first really feel-good win miami has gotten all year they played as a team they played for each other they played united i absolutely love it uh let me see what else we got here our guy, Alan, at caneswarning.com tweets to me. Uh, he says, just looking at the snap counts and Keyshawn Smith had zero after starting early in the season. Uh, wide receivers uh, snap counts per inside the U. Uh, Colby, Colby Young had 57. Frank Ladson had 37. Restrepo had 31. Jacoby George, 24. Um, Brashard Smith, 23, Michael Redding, five, and Keyshawn Smith, zero. And then someone responded to that and said, yeah, K5 is going to be transferred. I, look, was, I don't know. I mean, I, I know we do some speculation on transfers here because I'm, I'm not going to say we've never done it because we did it like 10 minutes ago talking about Jake Garcia. But, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like, I, I want to be fair. I want to be fair to these young men because I don't know what's going behind going on behind the scenes. I surely don't know what they're thinking, okay? Uh, Robert Hutchinson writes to us, only thing I got to say is Gaddis still had some issues of not trusting his quarterback, especially when we got up two touchdowns. 
He can't learn to pass if you don't call plays to allow him to pass. Yes, he was 14 for 19, but I don't think he had any pass attempts over 30. Ooh, I think the one um, – I know he had two pass attempts over 20. I think the one that he overthrew in the end zone, I want to say that was around 30. It might have been under 30. You might have been right about that. Uh, th- that. That was the longest shot he took in the game, and he overthrew it. Um, I'm, I, I'm not sure exactly if that was over 30 or not. Listen, I, I did – I felt at times that um, in, like, the third quarter, early into the fourth – that they were calling plays just not to lose. Um, it ended up working because talent bailed you out, right? Cam Kinchins and Jakari Brown and Jalen Knighton basically bailed you out of that. So I can understand it. But then on the flip side of it, I can also say true freshman quarterback, Miami's so desperate for wins. I can forgive a little bit of conservativeness, right? I can, I can, especially at times when you've seen like Jake Garcia go out there and just become an interception machine when you're not conservative. I think they were definitely trying to protect Jakari, but were they trying to protect him too much? I think is the question. So thank you guys so much for the feedback. Uh, I, I think we got some more tweets. I apologize if I skipped over any. We got a Monday episode coming up, so we'll talk more about it on Monday. So guys, Miami gets it done. A dub, 35 to 14. Now it's on to Clemson. We'll talk about that throughout the week on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.